everybody. Hello. Welcome to this installment of Lost Boss Bitch. That's correct. Which is part of our umbrella podcast, Boss Bitch. Mm-hmm. We just, you know the biz. You know what's going on. Yeah. If you don't, welcome. Yeah, come on. Come on stay in. Stay a while. The water's nice. Have a tea. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, how are you, Rebecca? I'm good. I just got back from Palm Springs. Yeah. And I'm still, my body's still recovering. As it should be after a weekend in Palm Springs. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. <laughs> What did, goes on? Did you go to Pappy and Harriet's in Pioneer we did. Town? We Love did. it. A lot of photo ops with the Boss Bitch alum, Selena Kopic. Love Selena. A really fun time. Um, we, yeah, we were trying to get laid, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't happen. It didn't, it didn't well, work out. Could, I think if we could have pushed it, it could have been. So did you meet some thing. gents? Uh, we did. We met some dudes, but again, we had a guy friend come meet us. The first night, which was like a Saturday to Sunday, which was kind of the night to mm-hmm. kind of meet was very crowded. Um, and it's like, it's hard to meet people when you have a guy in your company. Cause yeah. I think it's like, who the fuck is that guy? Right. Is he uh, one of your, like, what, what's the deal? Right. So I think it confuses who's single, who's not single. Yeah. Like who's with who. Yeah. It's just very, and he just mostly wanted to like, I mean, we all wanted to like drink and t- chain smoke because <laughs> that's humans, what you do, yeah. you know? Yeah. But uh, it was a little bit more difficult. And then, yeah, the other days were a little bit more low key. Okay. So. Sounds like a great, great time. Nonetheless, even if you didn't get laid. Right. You don't you know have to what? get laid. I, you know, a, a city like Palm Springs is not the easiest place for a lady to sniff out some straight dudes, straight yeah. dudes. I know because you never know. Everyone smells amazing. Yeah, you know, a lot of lalabo. Yeah, really, everyone's like real hot. Mm-hmm. You're like very tan. Oh, who's this? These are not my usual go tos. Who are like wearing bad jeans? Right. You know, like you know, a loose fitting jean. Exactly. It's, it's not my caliber of like doughy white guy. <laughs> so I don't know quite what to make of it. Yeah. But we'll all right. Well, best. you gave it a good college try. All right, we're all fighting the good fight. How yeah. about you? Uh, I'm good. I always have family in town mm-hmm, these that's days. Right. That's right. Um, when was which the last is, time you ha- you didn't have family? I think that's more of like I'm like who's in town this week. That's pretty much mm-hmm. it. Which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the what hap- What's going on is my um, my parents love to visit a lot, and my brother, my husband's brother and his wife just had a baby so his mm-hmm. family w- really want to come out and meet the baby and we live down the street from them so they stay with us often yeah um and it's wonderful but it's very busy when when family's in town um it was a lot of fun though his sister and brother-in-law came with their three kids and they're just a, three menches they're just the Aww. loveliest little boys <laughs> Um, so yeah, did a lot of running around with them. Quite the opposite of your weekend. Yeah. But we did drink a lot. So yeah, drinking is the through line of our lives. It I is. Think. It's like we could be in different spaces with different people. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some booze. Involved. There's going to be some booze. Woo. I would love to be that person. Just like, you know, I have one drink and that's it. No, I'm not there in my no, life yet. It's like two, two, three drinks and I'm rolling. Yeah. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. This is thing. it. This is happening. That's hard. It's hard. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> is that what they call it? How are they called? I, I don't know if that's the right adjective. No, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. It's like a light. What's is there like a like a not to? I'm a you know, social drinker. Alcoholism. Not to like downplay addiction, right. but like, is there something where it's like, you know, like quitting would be a problem, but I'm not like a blackout 
every, you know, like every time. Yeah. Like it's definitely like, I think that's just heavy drinking. I think it's heavy drinking. Okay. Cause I have friends that certainly don't. And I, I know that I drink more than them. Yeah. I mean, I drink, but then you go to New York and it's like, Oh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm sober. For sure. (laughs) You know, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Is this depressing, you guys? (laughs) Anyway. We're talking about women in history. (laughs) There we go. Oof. Um... Uh, yeah, so anyway, we'll we'll get into some ladies who probably didn't spend as much time drinking, but maybe they did. Maybe they did. My woman did not have time for Palm Springs, but she I didn't. don't think mine she, did I bet she did a bit of partying, I would say. Um, so shall we get into it? Let's. Let's. Okay. I'll start? Yes. So I did Mary Wollstonecraft. <gasps> yeah. Which is an amazing last name. Uh-huh. Um, she was a philosopher, journalist, activist, scholar, an educator, and a women's rights activist. Mm-hmm. Like you do. Love it. Gonna bet that she wasn't having mimosas that often. Um, so she was born on April 27th, 1759 nice. in Spitalfields, London. I love the names of towns. Yeah. You're just like, just put a bunch of consonants together. And that's what and it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, her father was abusive. Mm-hmm. Not so fun. Oof. He spent his somewhat sizable fortune on a series of unsuccessful ventures in farming. Mm. Cool. I don't know what a venture in farming looks like, but I'm sure it was much different yeah, in the 1700s. It's like the irrigation and this will be diagonal. How right. There we go. Yeah, I'm a genius. And all my money's gone. Yeah. Hmm. So she was not down with uh, her father's behavior. So hmm. after her mother died in 1780, she hit the road to earn her own livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, she and her sister Eliza and her best friend Fanny. Yeah. Favorite name ever. Oh, my friend Fanny. My, my good friend Fanny. Uh-huh. Um established a school in Newington Green. Um, and from her experiences teaching, she wrote the pamphlet Thoughts on the Education of Daughters in mm-hmm. 1787. Love it. Sadly, in 1785, Fanny Dunn passed away. Oh, Fanny. Poor Fanny. R.I.P. Yeah. So, Wollstonecraft took a position as a governess for the Kingsborough family in mm-hmm. Ireland. Wow. As you do. Um, she spent her time there to mourn and recover from the devastating loss of her bestie. Mm-hmm. Um, but she eventually found out that she was not suited for domestic work. Mm-mm. I don't blame you, Mary. Mm-mm. I don't think I'd be very we good at that it either. Coming, yeah. yeah. Um, so three years later, she returned to London and she became a translator and advisor to Joseph Johnson, mm-hmm. um, who was a noted publisher of radical texts. Yeah. I'd love to know what radical texts of that time looked like. Yeah, just like anything where it's like humans are not just white guys it's like what what? no Uh -uh. Uh -uh. we are the only humans and put your ankles away ladies exactly um when johnson launched the analytical review in 1788 mary became a regular contributor Mm -hmm. Um, and within four years she published her most famous famous work which was a vindication of the rights of women in 1792 she was about that feminism all on it um, so in the vindication of rights of of women of woman, mm-hmm. um, she clearly hates the prevailing notions of the time and of this time still mm-hmm. um, that women are helpless adornments of the household. Right. Um, instead, she stated that society breeds quote gentle domestic brutes, mm-hmm. and that a confined existence makes women frustrated and transforms them into tyrants over their children and servants. I think that's, that sounds, I mean, 
Um, who's the comedian who talked about like wanting to stay home and eat snacks all day? Uh, I forget. Anyway, um, yeah, I yeah. think like it's like you can't keep someone once you like keep someone in a home for too long. They, they're like a caged animal. At least like not having the choice to do anything mm, else. Exactly, it's got to feel so isolating and destructive for your psyche. Yeah. Like um, watching 72 hours of um, Vanderpump Rules is, is my choice. Right. Like, exactly. You can so do that. I made it. Yes. And I feel good about it. But maybe it's, I want to go to Del Taco. Exactly. You know? <laughs> These ladies were not allowed to go to Del Taco. <laughs> I'm so angry for them. Me too. All right. More about Mary. Um, so the key, she said, is educational reform. Mm-hmm. And giving women access to the same education opportunities as men. Still true. Right? <laughs> Still true. Still poignant. So the ideas in her book were obviously very revolutionary at the time. And there are things that we're still saying, which is insane. Mm -hmm. um, they caused tremendous controversy, not surprising. Um, so she went on to write Maria or the wrongs of woman, which asserted that women had strong sexual desires mm -hmm. and that was, uh, what? degrading and immoral to pretend otherwise. So people were like, whoa, 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 <gasps> women being educated, Mary, you're crazy. And she was like, oh yeah, well look at this. Women this? love sex too. Whoa. Excuse <laughs> blasphemy. Right. But we all, I think that also prevails. Do you. Do you have those friends where it's like they're adults and they haven't had an orgasm yet? Yes. Yeah. It's like, Which is so you insane. Guy? Can you imagine a guy? You're like, I've never come. And I was like, what? No, you don't. Yeah. But women, it's like we all know somebody. Oh, like for that, sure. Where it's like, oh, God. When, when a woman tells me that, though, I'm like, girl, just get in there. Yeah. Just get in there and make it happen for you. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. For real. Like, you're missing out on a very nice part of life. Yeah. It's just a fun pastime. Mm -hmm. But it's like, again, it's like a gross or like meeting it's someone else or yeah. like whatever. Anyway, you probably know a friend in the Midwest, as do I. Yep. Anyway, Mary Wollencraft would hate that. Yeah. She'd be like, girl, let's talk. Mm -hmm. um, so in 1792, while visiting friends in France, she met Captain Gilbert Imlay. A captain? Yeah, captain. <laughs> oh, captain, my captain. Um, he was an American timber merchant and adventurer. Tell I love that more. people could just be adventurers. <laughs> I'm, I'm horny. I'm like, <laughs> tell me more about this, this person someone <laughs> fucked 150 yes. years ago. <laughs> if Rebecca had gotten laid in Palm Springs, Woo. this would not be happening. This would not be I'd be like, oh, interesting, cool. <laughs> no, like, what about How big him? were his Whoa. arms? Show me those, like, ab things. <laughs> Let's just find some pants. Yes. Oh, God. She was also Sorry, taking by him, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> and she soon became pregnant. Damn. Because she was like, yes, please. Mm -hmm. And newsflash, women like sex. Yeah. Um, so they named their daughter Fanny after oh. her best friend. Isn't that sweet? Also sucks. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's like, her, it, it sucks that her name's Fanny. <laughs> I know. It's not um, short for anything. Is Fanny no. short for anything? Apparently not. Just Fanny. Not Fanta like I'm going to name my kid Fantastic <laughs> and call her Fanny. Fanny. And she's like, why is my name Fanny? It's, you're like, it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. We don't want to say the whole thing. Yeah, people will think we're, so we're weird. You Fanny. You're Fanny. That's better, right? Thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> so while she was nursing good old Fanny, she wrote a conservative critique of the French Revolution, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what you do when you're like home, home right, on maternity leave. Right. Um mm -hmm. It was called An Historical and Moral View of the Origin and Progress of the French Revolution. Okay. Amazing. Um, she also wrote a deeply personal travel narrative called Letters Written During a Short Residence in Sweden, Norway, and Denmark, which is pretty literal. Yeah. I gotta like, say. I know what's happening in there. Yeah. 
Um, not left to the imagination. She could have just said letters from travel. I, listen, I'm not trying to critique you, Mary. You're doing great. No, you did I just great. think like, you know, titles are also a discipline. It's true. You know, I love coming up with a title. I like how I'm just like, um, get your titles right. Yeah, I'm like, I've literally been like, on my ass. Like, <laughs> what am I, what the fuck am I doing? Well, that's, that's why I don't, I was going to say that's why we're born in this time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's right. So that became her most popular book in the 19 or 1790s. I'm dyslexic when it comes to numbers. Sorry, guys. So after their travels to Scandinavia, good old Captain Imlay left her. Mm. Um, she, but she was like, fuck that. I'm not going to be all downtrodden about it. And she found new hope in a relationship with William Gold Godwin. Mm-hmm. Who was the founder of philosophical anarchism? Yes, God. I love these people. I love these people too. You just like meet other like fantastic people. Yeah, everywhere. absolutely. And like, they're just know, like, like I. It's like fight who do the I man. Meet? I meet someone who drives for Lyft. Who's a doughy white boy? Guy. I want to date with a guy who doesn't even have a, a house. He he doesn't have an apartment. He lives in an RV. And then he tried to buy my car off me at the other day. And I'm like, first of all, no, not for sale. Second of all, you need another vehicle. You live in your vehicle. Yeah, you don't need another. What I mean, I do for? fantasize about just taking an RV and hitting the road and never coming back, but mm-hmm. I do have a house, so I think yeah. that's more of a dream. Anyway, it doesn't I mean, matter. Again, it's like how many... Everything shouldn't be a vehicle. You no. Know? Like something should should be Something should stay. Stand. Yeah, something... Stay where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> this is just part of our philosophical... Yes, uh, radical literature. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> hey. what? Something should be houses. <laughs> some things shouldn't be houses. Some things should be things that you move in. Some <sighs> things are, should be things that you stay in. <laughs> we're we have important thoughts. Yeah, and we're going to publish them too. Exactly. Um, so, despite her belief in the tyranny of marriage, mm-hmm. the couple eventually did get married um, because she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And in 1797, their daughter Mary, who later famously wrote Frankenstein, that's right. Was born. Um, and then 10 days later, uh, due to compl- complications of childbirth, Wollstonecroft Wool- died. Mm-hmm. Damn. Very sad. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Oh, that is sad. She is, yeah, she's really interesting and her writing is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never read any of her, of her writing, but I'd like to. I read some of her feminist stuff. Um, but yeah, it's also interesting that her daughter is also a writer. Well yeah. known and I mean, like more well known than she is. But um, again, it's like, you know, nature, nurture, but like nurture the shit out of women. You can create an army of like absolutely bitching fucking women. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So that's my lady. I love it. Who you got, lady? I have another who it's like a mother-daughter kind of a thing, too, interestingly wow. enough. I have Marie Catherine Laveau. Oh. Um, she's the voodoo queen of New Orleans. Yes. Hey. I am here for this. Yep. Um, and her daughter, too, also practiced root work, conjure, Native American and African spiritualism. Um, and just like essentially like all of this falls under New Orleans voodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she... And her mother really, like, kind of brought together a lot of the disciplines and created, because they were both um, of many ethnicities and um, disciplines, a lot of the community, too, Mm -hmm. um, with their voodoo practices, which is fun. And it's also, like, so as – I've never been to New Orleans but it's, like, in my mind – The best. I I have to go. You you will – never leave <laughs> no. you'll never leave find me in new orleans yes <laughs> seriously you have to go i'm gonna pick up where marie Catherine Laveau left off mm-hmm. um 
yeah, it seems amazing. But like a lot of this too that I read, it's it's like myth, kind of like what is myth, what is not, like who is she, is she still alive? Like it's a very like mysterious um, kind of uh, existence for this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so she, and again, people still think she's alive and all this shit. And we'll I love there. that. I know. So uh, historical records say that she was born free in the French Quarter of New Orleans on Thursday, September 10th, 1801. Okay. So uh, when they say born free, mm-hmm. not in, not a slave? Not a slave. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she was born uh, to uh, a free black woman who was of Native American, African, and French descent, and a free black man who was of African and French descent, descent and was a successful merchant at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, she like was born into this, a lot of different cultures, uh, disciplines. Uh, on August 4th, 1819, she married Jacques uh, Paris, a French immigrant who had fled as a refugee from the Black Haitian Massacre. Oh, my God. And, yeah. Um, their marriage certificate is preserved in the cathedral. And uh, they, it was a very, like, Catholic mass, too. Mm-hmm. So, again, Catholicism is also like, a big part of voodoo. So, lots of different things. Um, he <laughs> died in 1820. Oh, So, it was a real short marriage. Yeah. Um. They, but during that time, and this timeline is uh, the death. Yeah, the death was recorded in eighteen. Okay, so she had two daughters though, so they worked quick. Yeah, they got that. They got um, those babies in there fast. Yeah, one was born after uh, he died. Uh, Felicity in eighteen seventeen and Angeli in eighteen twenty uh, both just disappear from the records. What? Yeah. Um, in the eighteen twenties too, which is like, oh, where'd okay. they go? Where did they go? Um, but she also, okay, let's see. So they don't, not a lot of people, there's not a lot known about her. So that's like her like personal, like life in, Mm -hmm. in recorded form kind of, uh, she, um, she also had another daughter, um, in 1827, uh, to whom nobody knows also named Marie, um, that went on to self rename herself as Queen Marie the second. (laughs) Yeah. So she had this other daughter who had a bunch of kids um, and also like started practicing. Um, uh, they were baptized. She has, yeah, she like created a place for herself in the community too. So they were both in New Orleans at the time um, and they kind of worked together. Like they kind of took the voodoo tradition and explored it together too. Um, but really like the mother Marie was the, was the sole practitioner of voodoo. Okay. Um, and the, the younger one did like more public events and things like that. Um, so according to witness, Laveau was said to have traveled the streets like she owned them, um, and doing events and, uh, creating like voodoo rites around the city. So <laughs> I want to do that. Right. It's so cool. Um, the only evidence that exists of any sort of occupation outside of voodoo practice that she has was as a liquor importer in 1832 um because she would <laughs> been known to like just uh have a bunch of bottles of liquor when she wasn't doing voodoo stuff on the streets <laughs> um folklore says two uh, people have seen her cutting hair like as a hairdresser i get it <laughs> right? listen you gotta do what you gotta do um as a matchmaker <laughs> <laughs> um and as and and as a magician um, too, street tricks and such. So she was all over the place. She was a Jill of many trades. That's right. So not a lot can be totally substantiated. Obviously, um, they also said that maybe she had a snake named Zombie. Okay, uh, after an African god. Um, 
that she had she was a part of like this occult secret society of Roman Catholic saints um, or that she like had this network of informants that she would uh, help get secrets to the government about. Um, she was appeared to excel at obtaining inside information from wealthy patrons by instilling fear in their servants uh, that they would get ailments and things like that. So she was um, this woman. And again, like more almost myth than reality mm -hmm. um, that would go around doing voodoo spells. People in the community started like latching onto her and using her. And she got um, very well known and a lot of money through it. And her daughter kind of uh, kept the tradition going. Um, on June 17th, 1881, uh, the, New Orleans newspaper, The Daily Picayune Post, that's right, Picayune? Yeah, Picayune. Yeah, Picayune posted her obituary, which according to the Voodoo in New Orleans by Robert Talent, announced that she had died peacefully in her home. However, tradition states that she was seen by people all over town <laughs> after that. Um, She's like, never mind. Right? And uh, Marie kind of assumed her position, took her, <laughs> took her full name, so she like, Cut she the, got cut the queen. queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for like, you know, like, you just got to do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. um, and carried on her magical practice. So again, it's like, was it the daughter? Was it the mother? Right. Hard to say. According to official New Orleans records, Marie Catherine Laveau, Paris Glapion, died on June 16th, 1881 at age 79. The so that's her daughter. That's that's her. So okay. like the um, article was published. They kept seeing her. That's what the records say. Got it. Um Again, a lot of casual approach to spelling. A lot of her name is spelled like weird, differently, mm -hmm. omissions of names and such. Um, uh, but yeah, again, kind of uh, culture took over this woman's uh, identity too. The misfits were arrested and accused of attempting to exhume Laveau from what? her grave. <laughs> yep, the punk rock man, the misfits, tried to... Uh, Seriously? Yeah. So, like, people got kind of obsessed with her and her persona, which, again, was more, like, because there was, you know, I assume if she lived today, it'd be, like, this, like, m like crazy social media, like, yeah. following, right? Social media, that's what we do today. Yes. Um, and, anyway, uh, the, they, they were arrested in uh, the cemetery that she was buried. What a strange decision for the right? misfits to make. Let's exactly. go take her body out of her grave. Yep. Um. And there's this thing where if you go to the tomb and draw an X um, in an accordance with a decade-old rumor of uh, that you can have Laveau's uh, ghost grant you a wish, if you put the X in, yell out your wish, um, it gets granted. You have to go back and circle the X. So it's like a if full If it gets completion. granted, then you, okay. Yeah. So like her grave also has like a lot of weird X's and things. I'll put this on the Instagram too. Yeah. It's just like a free-for-all. I want to know if, it, if there are a lot of circled X's. I want to know too. I, it was kind of just like anarchy, you know. Yeah. Like, like the, you don't know what's what on that on that tomb, um, for what I saw. Um, and yeah, people maintain uh, the cemetery. They maintain that she is alive or dead. Um, but she really kind of took voodoo and the practices of a lot of different religion mm -hmm. to like the next level. The allure of it, the magic of it, that created the persona of New Orleans too. Love it. So, what a boss bitch. Yes. Voodoo queen, baby. I love it mm -hmm. so much. And you, Rebecca, seriously, mm -hmm. you need to figure out a time to go to New Orleans. I gotta go. You I have to take go. the ghost tour there. You have to. Because oh, it's so haunted. W when did you go? I went, what was it? It was before, it was probably five years at this point. Because mm -hmm. it was before I got married. 
um, my husband and I, my fiance at the time, but husband now went on a long weekend and it rained the entire time, but we had the best time. Oh my God. It was so great. We had all this stuff planned, but because it rained, like we were going to do like a culinary bike tour and a swamp mm-hmm. tour and all that stuff. Yeah. But it rained. So we were like, fuck it. We're just going to just trounce around the city and drink. Yeah. Let the city. And that's what we did. I had the best meal of my life there. <gasps> It's so good. I'm going to need all the wrecks. Yeah. You have to go. Oh, my God. Okay. I will. I'm going to book my flight. And if that's the only thing that comes out of this episode, then you know what? It's worth it. Yeah. It's fucking worth it's it. It's fucking worth it. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. There you goddamn have it. Yeah. Um. Thanks so much for listening. The week after, okay, the week after this, we are having an interview with a very special person. She is my cousin. She's yes. 16. I'm like almost like 20 <laughs> years older than her. You're going to love it. We're going to talk to a teen, you guys. A teenager. What do they like? What do they say? What is their slang? How do you will view they think the world? Cool? Tell us everything. <laughs> yeah. And I can't hopefully wait. she will. Yeah. yeah. Kate Lieb. Straightforward. There we go. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.